Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Charlotte Christian College and Theological Seminary believes that every Christian has a distinct calling and that he or she must boldly respond to that call. Charlotte Christian specializes in equipping the adult learner and all degrees are available both online and on campus. Degree fields include urban Christian ministry, biblical studies, pastoral studies, and more. So whether you are called to full-time ministry or as a co-vocational minister, Charlotte Christian can help you. Visit us at charlottechristian.edu or call 704-334-6882. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. We have a special guest, Brett McCracken. He's the author of the book, Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. We're going to learn about what makes us so uncomfortable in church. And am I the only one? Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.com. BearDynamic.com and by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. You're, yep. you're kind of like a sociologist, the way that you look at the church. And, you know, a lot of times people feel that they're not supposed to feel maybe antisocial or or they're not getting the message, or that they don't feel like they belong. Uh, there is a bit of uncomfortableness in the church. Can you talk about your book? Uh, yeah, I wrote my book a couple of years ago, uh, well before the pandemic. And there were more than enough um, uncomfortable challenges already with the local church. So essentially, what I, I'm arguing in the book is that um, the, the discomfort of church, for so many different reasons, whether it's the discomfort of 
uh, a, a bunch of people who don't have much in common other than Jesus and who naturally kind of um, rub each other the wrong way sometimes, or because the music in church isn't our favorite, or because just getting up out of bed on Sundays and going to church is uncomfortable. Uh, there's so many reasons why... Preach, Brett, church, preach. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, there's so many reasons why church is uncomfortable, yeah. and yet the very discomfort of it, the awkwardness and the challenge of it is what makes it so healthy for us because we do live in a kind of consumer culture where we're used to just getting everything when we want it, we, you know, how we want it on our terms. We're used to comfort. And um, when, when that's our entire experience in life, that we, you don't grow. When we're stretched out of our comfort zones, and that's as true for church as it is for a, a sport that you're trying to become better at or any sort of skill. It's not like you become a better athlete by just sitting on your couch at home comfortable. You become a better athlete by pushing yourself and it's not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be easy. And the same is true for our spiritual health. So we need to lean into the uncomfortable challenges of uh, following Jesus in a church community. So Brett McCracken, he's the senior editor for the Gospel Coalition. You've heard of that. Author of Hipster Christianity, When Church and Cool Collide. And also the book we're talking about now is, as uh, well as others, Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. So just give me Jesus in the church and maybe a donut on the way out. I mean, I go through this with my wife. Honey, shouldn't we, uh, sh- should we talk to someone? <laughs> you know, church, right. church is over with. Shouldn't we, uh, you know, uh, well, let's yeah. just go up to someone, shake their hand, and then go. But um, this is an essential part of Christianity, and it seems like we've missed it. And, yeah. uh, of course, we want you to unpack that and talk about that and why we just, you know, uh, we settle for a look at the screen when yeah. they talk about uh, programs and things. But... Um, we, but isn't the pastor responsible though for getting us together? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think we, we can put all the responsibility on, on pastors to kind of, uh, you know, there's enough past pressure on pastors already to, um, you know, pastorally help their congregations in so many ways. So the last thing they need is a bunch of consumer Christians who, you know, demand an entertaining service that, you know, meets all of their consumer. Uh, tastes and preferences all the t- all the time. Mm. Um, so we need to, as Christians, we need to be able to um, go to church as happy, um, faithful, faithful churchgoers, and not be so picky about always getting exactly you know what feels good and what tastes good. Sort of the the junk food um, diet. We need we need the broccoli sometimes, and it's not going to taste good, and it's going to be hard to swallow. So why did you write this book? Because, you know, you're, you're touching on things that people notice, okay? You can't not notice about your other book, you know, Hipster Christianity, uh, when it comes to the church being, maybe trying just too hard. Sometimes you get yeah. these pastors, they, they have a toupee they shouldn't put on, or jeans or whatever, uh, trying to look hip. Um, <laughs> and we, well, we notice these things, maybe a little smoke or, you know, uh, and mirrors, I don't know. Uh, make mm-hmm. it smell good, the church. We do notice these things. Um, so how is it that you're, you know, you have an antenna for this sort of thing? And uh, do you notice that people are uncomfortable? And could you tell us a little bit mm-hmm. more about what your book solves? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
So I, I grew up in the church and I've been a churchgoer my whole life, but uh, I'm also a journalist. And I think being a journalist just makes me curious and observant and um, just always kind of on the hunt for interesting trends and, you know, things that uh, need to be kind of commented on or uh, better understood. So when I wrote Hipster Christianity, which is 10 years old, it's hard to believe it came out in 2010. Initially, I just kind of wanted to describe that phenomenon of the super hard to, to be relevant to the younger generation. But that book ended up being kind of a critique of that approach because what I observed about that is that it was it just came across as just desperate and awkward and clunky. And my instinct as a as a 20-something myself, which is, you know, I was in my mid-20s when I wrote that book, is my instinct was actually what young people want is an, is authenticity. They don't want this kind of fake Christianity mm. that's, that's, you know, trying to dress up in skinny jeans and huh. in, in order to appeal to them. They, they would rather have a church that's actually faithful to Jesus and is first and foremost um, faithful to scripture rather than trying to be faithful to the crowd and what the audience wants. So uncomfortable was kind of the, if hipster Christianity was critiquing that approach of, of trying to like cater to the tastes and preferences of the audience, uncomfortable is basically saying, well, here's what you should do instead. Like as a church, you should just, lean into the fact that Christianity is always going to be costly and uncomfortable. And to follow Jesus is to take up your cross and to deny yourself. And there's there's really not much about Christianity that is consumer friendly when you when you think about it. It actually I mean, right. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean people get a gift bag out of this when they go. I mean they shouldn't be <laughs> complaining about anything. And they get like right. a, you know, a coffee mug or something. But Brett McCracken is our special guest. We're going to come back to the book, Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. We're going to talk about racism, which is, of course, a very uh, important topic today. And uh, it, what we find that in the church, how that can make us uncomfortable. We'll be back right after this. Christians in Action Missions International is actively accepting applications from those desiring to win the lost at any cost. We've been sending long-term missionaries throughout the world for 62 years. We emphasize intentional personal evangelism, equipping disciples, and planting churches among the nations. We empower national leadership to demonstrate and declare the love of God to the unreached. Journey with us as we take the gospel to the world. Log on at cinami.org. Org. That's CINAMI.org or call 559-370-4103. Every day, over three and a half million children walk, bike, and ride to a Christian school every day. But many of our schools are in danger of closing. Our Christian schools are too important to our children, to our families, and to our nation to let that happen. Christian School Management at christianschoolmanagement.org is dedicated to the health of our Christian schools. Contact christianschoolmanagement.org to help your Christian school fill and stay filled with children impacting our nation. 
God has designed you for a unique purpose. Get equipped for God's call with a degree from Clark Summit University. Choose from undergraduate and master's degrees available completely online in programs like business, counseling, Bible, and education. For some programs, it's possible to earn your degree in as little as two years, or you can complete the degree you previously started. See if you qualify for a tuition discount. Answer God's call on your life and become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate. Go to clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. That's clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. All right, back with Brett McCracken and the book Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. We don't always like one another, you know? You think that we all just get along, and uh, it sounds so much better in the Bible, doesn't it, Brett? When, uh, you know, when people loved each other and they gave gifts and uh, their monies to one another, but uh, where'd we go wrong and how are we so uncomfortable? Well, I mean, there, there's plenty of, of times in the, in the New Testament where it actually was quite messy and ugly with, with early Christian community and so many of, of the, the epistles, Paul's letters to churches were addressing that. He was basically like saying, look, you guys are a mess. You're arguing, you're fighting amongst yourselves, Jews and Gentiles, and you, you need to figure out how to be unified and how to, how to love one another uh, in Christ. So it's not a new problem. You know, throughout the history of Christian churches, there have been conflicts because, because of what the gospel does, which is it brings together people from all walks of life, all races, ethnicities, cultures, classes, ages, uh, nothing in the world brings people together <laughs> from such a diverse spectrum uh, but the cross and but the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, you know, it's the best thing about Christianity, but it's also the most challenging thing, you know, this kind of diverse community of people who can be reconciled to one another and who can be unified with one another through the blood of Jesus. So mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable and challenging, but it's a challenge that I think we must take up. Yep, and uh, you must be a prophet because, well, I mean, in your book, I, I kid, but you're talking about racism, which is very important today. People talking about that, of course, with yeah. uh, George Floyd and, and all that is going on in, in our uh, the United States of America, the world for that matter. But you say, uh, but in the meantime, we live in a world of racism and privilege and bigotry and police brutality and inequality and injustice upon injustice. Then you go on to say, diversity is always going to be a challenge in this now and not yet world. Everyone committed yeah. to it must accept that diversity is going to mean discomfort. That's where we are right now. Yeah, I've been thinking about that chapter um, a lot in recent weeks, the, the uncomfortable diversity of the church. And it's, yeah, I, I think what I want to say is that we have to put aside any illusion that we have that this is going to be easy, that it's going to be comfortable. It's not full of people, you know, who look like me and talk with me. Uh, is that it's just so hard to to <laughs> to do the the opposite of that, which is to to really lean into a diverse community and and learn to love each other across differences and bear with one another in our differences. It's easier to just kind of um, go our separate ways and kind of have our homogenous churches um, rather than strive for diversity. But I don't think it's the biblical way, and I think that. Um, Jesus really wants us to 
um, lean into that challenge of how do we get um, out of there? Because it seems like you know many people prefer that the, the pastors have uh, just from a, a cultural perspective. Uh, that's where people feel they're like-minded. Of course, Christ should be how we're all like-minded. But can we ever get beyond that? Yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, it's not um, it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be perfect. And you know, this side of heaven, so we do live in the the kind of now and not yet moment where we're, the church is meant to be, you know, at its best, a signpost of, of, of heaven, a of, of kind of future vision of what it'll look like in heaven. And the revelation describes that scene of, you know, every tongue and tribe and nation worshiping God together. Um, and so I think it's important that now, as much as we're able to, we, provide the world a picture of that future reality to come where every tongue and tribe and nation will be worshiping God together. So it's not going to be easy and it's, we're not going to do it perfectly and it's going to be messy, but I I think we at least need to try to be a little picture of that future. Yeah. I mean, I'm relying on the commentators on CNN to be able to bridge the gap. Uh, It's not, exactly the answer, but the church could really step yeah. in. Is this not a great opportunity yeah. when they're talking about, as you say, diversity and, of course, racism? Uh, how important do you think the church can be in getting us uh, in this uncomfortable time to yeah. to love one another? I think the church uh, can be uh, a massive um, help. And in fact, there's there's really no other entity in the world that's equipped to to do this except for the church because we have the power of God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's really the only the only way that unity is going to be cultivated in, in this world of such harsh division. Um, we can't do that in our own flesh. We, we need the power of the Spirit. And so um, we need to constantly be praying for that power. We need to pray that, that God would um, empower us as the church to, to act different than the world, to be countercultural, to be modeling unity in a culture of division, to be modeling humility in a culture of pride. Uh, you know, all of these um, virtues, all these fruits of the Spirit um, are things that don't come naturally to us. So we have to pray for them, we have to ask God for them, and we have to trust that He will, he will do this work through us as the church uh, to, to show the world a better way. It's interesting that in what you say about being uncomfortable, and of course you wrote a book about uh, church shopping. You actually wrote an ebook about it. Let me see where I could find that. I have it up somewhere here. Mm-hmm. It's uh, let me get it because I was looking, and uh, you should see my wife's email address because we downloaded it. You could get this great download. It's called "How to Choose a Church Without Becoming a Church Shopper." Brett McCracken, our special guest. So that's kind of part and parcel. If we're uncomfortable, we're going to go out the back door and we're going to find another church. And this goes on and on. And look, I'm guilty yeah. of that, okay? didn't like the message so much. Uh, you know, they didn't serve the best donuts at the church. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, this is well, probably how yeah. a lot of people feel. Um, but when we're uncomfortable, this is just an endless type of search uh, to become yeah. a church shopper. You, you're against that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy how common that phrase has become, you know, church shopping. And I've, I've used that phrase, you know, all of us have gone through a, a shopping for a new church time in our lives. But the more I thought about that, the more I thought like, man, that's really disturbing that we're thinking about the church as just like an, a product that we shop for. Like 
just like we go out and shop for a new pair of jeans or, you know, a new car, like we're putting church in that same category. And like I think is that it frames Christianity in a consumerist framework where it just reinforces this idea that the church and religion and faith are just like everything else in a, in a consumer economy. It's something that we, you know, pick and choose as it kind of meets our needs and fits our tastes and preferences. And we kind of get something out of it. But then when it stops kind of meeting us where we're at and doesn't really work for us anymore, then we, you know, abandon it and we go shop for something new. How many churches should we go to before you, I mean, is there a, like a three strikes you're out, you go to that church and no, and we'll give it three, <laughs> do you, three churches or how many churches? Because yeah. I mean, you can feel kind right. of like stuck and locked in. Like all of a sudden you're checking out the pastor. Oh, 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 oh he's yelling now. He is shouting right. before he was not <laughs> shouting and now he's shouting and, right. and the music is different now. And now, I mean, you feel like you're locked in, but how many churches before you stay with that one? I mean, I don't think there's like any one size fits all answer to that question. I would just say like, you know, don't prolong your church search any, any longer than you have to. Like the, the first kind of, um, biblically faithful, Jesus-centered, healthy church community that you come across that's like near to your, your house and, you know, fits that basic criteria, like just stick there and, and commit to it. it you know, it, it, if we think historically, like it's a new phenomenon, this idea of like shopping around for a church. From, from most of Christian history, you would just go to the church in your neighborhood, right? You would go to the parish that was mm-hmm. nearest to your home. There was no thought of like, I'm going to drive 25 miles to that church that I love the music and I love that, this about it and they have good coffee. Like everyone would just go geographically <laughs> to the parish in their neighborhood. And I think there's wisdom to that actually. Not that we can you know, go back to that necessarily now, but uh, I do think we should think about limiting our church search to just a few options that are close to us. Yes. Getting back to racism one more time, though, and just talking about that, um, how can we, would you recommend that people purposely go to a church that maybe makes them feel uncomfortable where, you know, they may be, well, the only Mm -hmm. uh, Caucasian or, or I think I've done things I've actually enjoyed, uh, you know, doing that and getting outside my own bubble. But, um, uh, yeah. how, how can we enjoy more diversity where people might feel uncomfortable? They don't want to say the word racism, maybe, but they're people probably they are. It's the sin in us, I guess, that we uh, don't embrace diversity the way that we should. And it's ongoing an issue. I'm glad that the United States of America, certainly the world, has their arms around this subject so yeah. that we can, you know, really humanity can shine. Uh, our love for, for God can shine. But uh, would you purposely recommend that we go to different cultural uh, churches? Um, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that um, you should just kind of go to the most uncomfortable possible church you can find. That's like, um, you know, totally outside of your comfort zone, because at the end of the day, you do want to be in a church that's, you know, it's realistic that you can feel at home there, uh, even if there's parts of it that, that make you uncomfortable. So I would just say avoid churches that are, full of people exactly like you. Uh, So find a church that has at least some degree of diversity 
some element of people who are different from you. And that could be um, racially different. It could be socioeconomically different. It could be, it could be that you're a college student. And then instead of just going to a church full of, you know, 400 other college students, like what, maybe you go to a church where there's a good mix of old folks and middle-aged folks and families and then also college students. Right. So and where it, no pastor is wearing skinny jeans. That's right. Right. It's, avoid <laughs> that's an important point. Jeans. You exactly. mentioned that. We're going to come back with Brett McCracken, of course, and his book, Uncomfortable. What makes you uncomfortable? You know, we want to find out from the audience, really, or the listeners. Uh, certainly, I'd be curious. And, uh, you know, I have a list. We'll talk about that. But Brett McCracken has written for the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, the Huffington Post, CNN.com, the Princeton Theological Review, and a hundred other ones. You're smart. <laughs> We're going to come back and learn more right after this. Start your fragrance line and make money with BostonPerfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. The world and everything in it delivers sound journalism grounded in God's Word through a daily 30-minute podcast. From essential headlines to feature stories to international news straight from the field, after only one or two listens, you'll wonder how you got through your daily routine without it. Listen anywhere you typically enjoy podcasts or by going to wng.org slash podcast. All right, we're back with Brett McCracken, his uh, remaining viewpoints about his book, Uncomfortable, The Awkward, An Essential Challenge of Christian Community. Man, it's something we don't talk about. I wish that the pastor kind of got up there and said, do we all not feel comfortable? I mean, the best we can do is you turn around, you have that moment, shake that person's hand for 30 seconds, you know, and uh, pretend you like that person next to you. And... I mean, we'd like to think that, <laughs> are we not uncomfortable? What are the top 10 things you think we're uncomfortable with? That's one I'm not entirely comfortable, but it does get us out of our shell, that little handshake at the beginning. Name 10 things that you're uncomfortable yeah. with. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can, I can start. I can start, you know, if you want. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm an introvert, so anything that has to do with kind of social engagement. So, of course, the, hand, the handshaking time makes me uncomfortable. The <laughs> kind of small talk in, you know, before the service and after the service, when you're just mingling with people as you enter and exit makes me uncomfortable. Um, any, any sort of group prayer where you're like in a, in a group of people, you know, praying aloud together makes me uncomfortable because I'm introverted. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on, but things like, yeah, like do, that. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, things things related to speaking in public. So I, 
I'm an elder at my church, so I have to preach sometimes. And that makes me super uncomfortable. Like I'm not someone who is naturally like excited about getting in front of hundreds of people and, and preaching, but I do that from time to time. And that's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, well, it's safe to say that every church should buy your book uncomfortable the awkward and essential challenge mm. of christian community honestly because it begs conversation which we all feel yeah. everyone feels un- yeah, but I, I don't know anyone who talks about it so when i saw the book and especially you know if you go on amazon or you know you look at uh, brett mccracken uncomfortable the book it, the artwork is really cu- cute it's like these claymation mm. figures that are on opposite yeah. sides of the pew but they are keeping the six feet distancing the social distancing <laughs> what if everyone did get your book. What if we did talk about uh, being uncomfortable and, and get this out in the open? How do you think the church would be? Yeah, I mean, I think if every Christian, if every church embraced the um, the idea that, that Christian community is, is unavoidably uncomfortable and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be a challenge, and yet in spite of that, we, we need to appreciate it and love it and commit to it, I think the church at large would be a lot healthier and I think we would have a more um, a stronger sense of who we are as Christians, and we would count the cost of following Jesus. And it wouldn't just be this fair weather faithfulness where we only go to church as long as it, you know, meets our current mood. We would instead follow Jesus, you know, for better or worse, in sickness and health, just like in a marriage. I think there's a lot of parallels between faithfulness to Christ and as you know faithfulness to a church and faithfulness in marriage. Um, and we, we have a high divorce rate in our culture uh, and that mm. the same reason why divorce is so common is, is why ditching a church is so common because we just don't have a strong sense of covenant commitment. We don't have that grit, that willingness to, to really endure in a relationship um, through thick and thin, through ups and downs, even when it gets hard. And that's yeah, it's what, not for us to have that discipline, but sometimes it's sometimes it's the other way around, though, where it feels like the church kind of like ditched us, where we were welcomed with a uh, a coffee mug at the beginning, and uh, and maybe received some applause for being new, but then you never yeah. hear from anybody again, or some uh, people don't return your calls or things like that. It kind of it can work both ways. Oh, totally, yeah, and and just like in any relationship, it's sometimes it's hard to to know where the fault, you know, begins. And regardless of who caused the offense, there's still, I think, this value in seeking to, you know, be faithful and continue the relationship, even when it's hard, even when there's conflict. And of course, there's limits to that. And I do think there are times where it's healthier to leave a church when your relationship with the church becomes just too, um, too uncomfortable, too toxic, uh, it's not help. It's not helpful what for would that you. In, uh, include. Well, I think a lot of times it's it could involve a major theological issue where you just realize that the church is preaching something that you know is heretical, and you don't you don't want to be at that church anymore. Uh, or sometimes it's just like um, conflicts between people and the pastors that you know, you try to resolve, but it just doesn't, doesn't get better and resentment grows. And um, suddenly you have, you know, just a really unhealthy dynamic. Um, So 
I do think that when you have conflict in a church, you know, it's good to to try to work it out and to try to reconcile and to try to forgive one another. But um, if you try and it's it still isn't, you know, isn't working, then maybe it's best to just leave uh, the church. Mm-hmm. So I have two uh, just very quick questions uh, for you and that, that it would remain. But uh, let me ask you that if Jesus and the church, right? I mean, the disciples, they were to come back and we can get rid of all the marketing that, you know, maybe draws people from one church to another. I mean, partly responsible yeah. and our sin, of course, uh, by leaving churches, as you say, not remaining faithful. But what would, what would the church look like? What would, what would Jesus and his disciples, how would he strip it down so that it would not be the way it is now. <laughs> well, well, I mean that those hypothetical questions are are challenging to answer, but I do think that he and the disciples would be shocked at how much um, excess there is in churches today compared to you know how it was in the early days of the church, where where people were meeting in houses and you know there was persecution and. They were just like trying to survive as Christians. And then, you know, in today's world, you have mega churches with built-in fast food restaurants and coffee <laughs> shops and like elaborate, <laughs> elaborate uh, bounce houses in the children's playground area. So <laughs> I, I think that they would be shocked and a little bit uh, disturbed by how, um, how excessive and how um, just entertainment oriented um Christianity has become in many churches and they, yeah. they, it would look so different from the costly, you know, take up your cross and sacrifice to follow Jesus. Mm. That's a good point. That we it, can be distracted with all the jazz where they think we're, we're getting more entertainment value, but we're getting further away from God, further away from, from Jesus. Yeah. Last question when it comes to COVID-19, have you thought what the church is going to look like in the future? I mean, you talk about uncomfortable where we have to wear mm-hmm. masks or will the church survive online and how uncomfortable is that? But uh, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, what's the future of the church look like uh, when it comes to this type of uncomfortableness? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know what the long-term you know, effects will be of, of whether the church will fundamentally change because of this. But in the, in the middle of it, I think we're definitely experiencing the you know, the uncomfortable nature of church in the sense that, um, you know, so many people in our churches have different convictions, different opinions about, you know, whether to wear masks or not to wear masks and, you know, whether it's even wise to meet as churches versus watch and continue to watch online. So I think we're, we're experiencing the, uh, what I've been talking about with regard to the friction that inevitably comes with people from different backgrounds, different politics, different perspectives, trying to do life as a community together. Mm. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. And there's going to be part two, I know it, of your book. Oh, well, maybe maybe, maybe I should do part two, the COVID-19 edition. <laughs> you have to. Our, our listeners, our audience, get cracking. Get Brett McCracken's book, uh, <laughs> Uncomfortable, the Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. Really, uh, pastors should should hand it out so that people can talk about it, because I think that, you know, there's a, they need an outlet. You know, rather than go you know, stage left to another church, we could talk about, you know, how we're feeling, of yeah. course. And there's a, a lot that you, you bring out in the book. And of course, uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for being our special guest and bringing this subject uh, matter to light. Appreciate you being on the program. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it too. 
Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bairdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.